Now, I want to say this. I just quoted the scripture, and you can turn to Matthew 6.33. I wanted to say this before we go any further here, that a lot of times you've got to make sure you're praying for the right thing if you want the desired results. In other words, if you want good things like Jesus talks about coming into your life, you can't just ask for them. You have to live like the Lord said you're supposed to live so they can come into your life. A lot of people are praying for certain things to come to them, but they're violating the lifestyle, how it's supposed to, what, the lifestyle that would bring those things into their life. You can't get through asking God for something that only putting Him first will bring you. And a lot of people's prayers that they've been praying would be answered if they just do this verse. So really, what is it? Do you need to keep praying for increase financially? Or do you need to pray for a revelation of how this increase just comes? Now look look at the verse here. Seek ye first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God or the will of God for your life and His righteousness and live the way He wants you to. And all these things shall be added unto you. The things He's talking about is the daily necessities of life and things that you need and even things that you want that are consistent with a godly life. God wants to add these things to you. The big temptation is going after these things yourself and adding them to yourself. There's where burnout comes on the scene, ulcers, strain and stress in marriages, divorces, because people are so bent on going after these things that they get problems in the process. Things happen. Uh, I call them side effects of, of... Becoming rich without God's help. There's always some kind of baggage when you try to do these things yourself without the help of the Lord. And the Lord, He's not trying to add things to your already busy schedule. He's trying to add, He's trying to adjust your schedule, go His way, which is a lot easier than your way, and He'll begin to add things to you that you thought you had to go after by working 29 hours a week or a day, and you know, eight days a week. So. Let me say this. If you really want to see the Lord be able to add things to your life, you can't just ask Him for those things. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Well, man, I've been praying and praying and praying for these things. Great, but are you seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? There's some things you won't even have to pray for if you do this verse. They'll just be added to you. And I think one of the reasons we're praying for a lot of these things is because we're not doing this verse. And so I want to I say this in a positive way tonight. We're not talking about you being more stressed than you are right now so these things can be added to you. I really believe that seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness will probably relieve a lot of people from a lot of excessive work that they thought they had to do in order to get what they want in their life. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And I think if you, if you think, that, well, man, I've got to put God first. I've got to put God first. Best thing you ever did is put God first. Best thing you ever did for your health is put God first. Best thing you ever did for your finances, your family, your children is put the Lord first. Best thing you ever did. I think what happens, though, a lot of times is people think, well, man... I am trying so hard to get ahead right now. And if I add one more thing to my plate, I'm going to break. And that's not what the Lord's talking about here. He's not talking about adding one more thing to you. He's probably talking about you deleting a bunch of stuff so you can do this 
And now, I was realizing earlier today as I was praying about this, it takes faith to do this first. It takes faith. If you don't have faith, you can't do this first because you're going to have to do things different than most of the world's doing things to see increase in your life to get it this way. It takes faith to believe that while I'm going after God or putting Him first, here's a perfect area of putting God first. A lot of people don't go to church on Sundays because they have to work or because they have to feel like they have to work seven days a week. And I'm not saying there's at times not seasons in your life where you might have to work a little more than normal. But day, uh, month after month and, and year after year, missing church, something's not right. Because God, he, here's what it is. It's, we, we're going to have to get to the point where we're going to have to believe that if I put God first, I can't be doing this over here at the same time. But if I'm not doing this over here, how am I going to get the income? Ah, so now you're going to have to switch from just working to believing. David, David said, and, and Solomon said, they talked about how um, they would rather have wisdom than thousands of gold and silver. Talking about millions of dollars. Well, if people, if businessmen had that attitude, look, I'm going to put God first the first day of the week, even if it costs me a $300,000 deal because wisdom is better than rubies. You get wisdom, you get long life, and you get riches and honor. One hand, she's got long life. The other hand, she's got riches and honor. We don't want to bump God for money. But it's going to take faith to believe that if I'm putting this aside over here, and I'm putting God first over here, now He's going to add it to me, instead of me always adding it to me. This is really, we're talking about a stress-free life here. So, we wouldn't have to work so hard if God was first in our lives. <laughs> I believe the Lord gave me that. We wouldn't have to work so hard if God was first. No, we're going to work hard, but we wouldn't have to work so hard to where it's overboard if He was first in our life. God's way to prosper His people is different than the world's way to prosper. There's hard work involved in serving the Lord. There's hard work involved in working out there in a job, wherever you work. But you can go overboard in anything at the expense of God's things being first. Let me back up just a second here. It did not say, seek ye only the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I think sometimes people think that seeking God first means that's all you do is read your Bible, that's all you do is pray, that's all you do is tell, talk to other people about Jesus. No. He says, seek ye first. Seek ye first. He knows, the Lord knows we have other things to do in our life, and there's going to come a time where we have to close the Bible and get out there and do those things. We're going to have to be somewhere besides church at times. We're going to have to be doing something other than praying at times. It didn't say, seek ye only, but here's the key, What's your priorities? Come on, if there's a first, there's going to be a second and a third and a fourth. To get these priorities in line. Um, do you have that graphic that I gave you? If we can show that up there. I changed the little saying on the bottom of this graphic. I, I wanted to show you that this is probably better. Understanding first, priorities that lead to abundance. Abundance in our life is about our priorities being right. 
And if God is first, we now get to expect His supernatural ability to add things to us. Now that, that's just amazing. Add things to us. That's different than going after these things. That's God supernaturally bring them, bringing them into our life. We should be having constant testimonies of God adding things to our lives. Amen. Carla should be getting testimonies every day of God adding things to our lives. And if it's not happening, then either Jesus lied about Matthew 6.33 or we're not quite doing what he said in Matthew 6.33. I said this last week, and I say this all the time when I teach on this. Being saved doesn't mean you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God being in your life doesn't mean he's first in your life. And that's why we need to understand what is the Lord saying here? What does he mean First, And you've you got to remember, there's not two firsts. There's one position of first, then there's a second, then there's a third. This thing can't be first and God first at the same time. That, does, that doesn't work. Something's got to be first. Now, I want to read you something that I said here. Um, actually, I, we were praying in tongues on the way to church, which we do almost every single time we come to church. And this came, we prayed, and I believe this was an interpretation of tongues. A lot of people do what God wants them to do when they're in agreement with what He wants them to do. See, we're going to go beyond that tonight. We're talking about God first, which simply goes beyond what I just read here. A lot of people do what God wants them to do when they're in agreement with what He wants them to do. Do you think there'd ever be a time... You don't agree with something the Lord wants you to do? Be honest now. Are you going to fill a poll? Jesus did. Father, not my will, because his will was being polled. But he submitted it to God. Not my will. If he had to pray that way at times, we're going to have to pray that way at times. Father, um, there's something about me that really wants this. But you want this. That's just being honest. So you have to say what the Lord said. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And go His way. And believe. Everybody say believe. Believe Believe that His way is the best way. And then you'll see that His way is the best way. It's not see His way as the best way and then believe it's the best way. You believe His way is the best way. Then you see His way is the best way. You got that? So think about this too. Some people don't mind putting God first until they don't want to put Him first. And this is the true test to see if He's really first in your life. You're going to know the Lord's first in your life when it's difficult to put Him first. You may think He's first, but you may just be, He just may be first until something else is more important to you. And we need to learn to discern God-first opportunities every day of our life. Because a lot of times there's things going on that the Lord wants us to be involved with. But because we've already got plans, we're not even open to hearing from Him about something He has for us because we're already in the groove. It's like, and the Lord's not going to, He's not going to take a bullhorn and scream in your ear. The primary way the Lord leads us is by the still small, uh, the inward witness and sometimes a still small voice. And so let's look at another scripture. And I'm going to read those things I just read to you one more time. Turn with me to Haggai, the book of Haggai. And um, let me read this again. A lot of people do what God wants them to do when they're in agreement with what He wants them to do. That's not putting God first. 
And then some people don't mind putting God first until they don't want to put God first. Does that make sense? And we're talking about, in Wednesday night, we're talking about going beyond, oh, if I have time, oh, if it's convenient. You know, I'm, gosh, when I think about our life, when I think about the day Carla and I got married, and, and, and even a few years before that, of me working in the church that I was a part of, and then everything that's happened to us and everything that's not happened, there's some, thank God, for some things that couldn't happen, um, you know, bad stuff. But when I think back over our life and our ministry and our home life and our kids and our finances and our peace level and our joy level and our health, I have, I have to say, church, I believe one of the reasons the Lord's helped us in, in the way he, He's helped us is because we learned a long time ago, it's God first. God first after church and we go home and think about watching a movie. God first when it comes to our kids being too involved in school to where it pulled them away from church activities. God first on Thursday. God first on Monday. God first on Sunday. We learned a long time ago it's not about our life and church on Sunday. It's about Jesus and if we got time for our stuff, we do it. And we have... We've seen some amazing, you might think, oh, Pastor, Ms. Carl, they're in the ministry and God's hand is upon them so strong because they're ministers. No, no, I believe the Lord wanted me to tell you tonight, it's not because we're ministers. It's because we've learned a long time ago that God's going to be first in our life, not just a part of our life. And, I, and, and I'm not talking about pastoral requirements right now. I'm talking about something we decided way before I was in full-time ministry. We made a decision the day we got... I made it before then, but as a married couple, we made the day we got married, we said, you know what? God's first. His will is always first. If he says go to Africa, we're gone. If he says leave the kids and the grandkids and go to New York City and witness in the alleys out there of people in the streets and hook up with some minute, we'd, we'd do it. We'd do it today. We've just been like that. And until you get to that place, Christianity doesn't work quite right. Did you ever notice Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. This is an all or nothing proposition, right? If you have one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world, you're in the world. This is a put your hand to the plow and don't look back commitment. Christianity works best for you when when you put him first. And we've endeavored to do this. I mean, there's times we put God first when we had family plans. And this was this was not every day, maybe not necessarily every week, but there's some things we controlled in the home that we knew if our kids were too involved with this, it would pull them out of youth group and we did not allow it. And we didn't get mad at them. And they didn't want to do it either. They, they saw the blessings in our life. And they wanted what we have. Yeah. And I know a lot of times people think, well, Pastor, you guys got great kids. How did you do that? How did you do that? It's real simple, man. Sometimes I think you buy, we buy too many books and make it too complicated. It's real simple. Mommy and Daddy, truly put God first and your kids are going to be fine. They're going to turn out great because they're, they're not stupid. They're going to see the blessings of God and they're going to see the stuff in the world. And of course they're going to want the Lord. And we're just thankful the way that happened. I mean, I gave you a little testimony last Sunday about some of the things the Lord's helped us with the church and the investments here and all that. And it's all connected. I, I, I get 
frustrated sometimes because I know the answer to a lot of people's problems. They think it's another prayer. They think it's another counseling session with Pastor or Miss Carla. They think that's what... No, it's not. You're going to have to do some lifestyle adjustments if you want some of these higher things and some of these lasting things to be in your life. You can't come to church on Sunday morning and say God's first and then go home and watch crazy, stupid, R-rated movies with nudity in them. And God's not first in your home if those things are going on. I mean, come on, man. If if you really want God first blessings, you're going to have to put the Lord first. That means He has a say about what you watch. He has a say about what you listen to. He has a say about where you go, where you don't go. God's first. We look to Him first. Before we do these things, we look to Him first. You have to do that, church. And I know today you get some movies, it's like like you have to wade through some kind of junk to just even get a halfway decent movie these days. I understand that. But you know, there's, there's lines. If you'll listen to the Lord, He will draw lines. He will draw lines. We surf, you know, through uh, Apple TV and that quite frequently, actually. And um, we've just made it a habit to, to not watch any R-rated movies unless it's like The Passion of the Christ or, you know, something like that. But, I mean, I don't personally, me putting God first and hearing the F word 20 times in a movie doesn't mix. Me putting God first and, and seeing nudity in a movie, that don't mix. We, we can't. So we just stay away from some stuff. Well, maybe there's some good ones. Yeah, but I don't, we don't have time to wade through it all and check all these things out. How many times? Because usually if something's R, it's either for violence or language or sensuality. Right. And sometimes we just, just... You have to... If God's really first in your life, He has a say about everything in your life. If Jesus is your Lord, you're not your Lord. Right? Right? We should be in the habit of constantly looking to Him. There's certain things we don't allow in our house. I mean, there's some, some certain substance, certain things, and, and um, we just don't allow it in our house. We got to the point where we realized if God's going to be first, He's going to have a say about everything in our life. Just the way it is. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Wednesday. Now, let's go to that script. Let's go to Haggai, the book of Haggai. And I wanted to mention this to you also before we read this scripture here. Um, I remember teaching on the local church a while back and we, we talked a lot about the local church and how the Lord established the local church um, because he gave pastors. Um, I remember sharing this a couple times recently, actually, one Sunday, not too far back, that One of the reasons that we see, one of the main reasons that we have seen some of the blessings in our life that we've seen, and got through stuff, and not been destroyed, and overcome stuff, I mean, the Lord has helped us mightily. I mean, we were talking to Keith Moore the other, not too long ago, and he was saying, man, John, you you guys, you guys need to be very, very thankful for the hand of the Lord upon you and upon this church, because um, there's a lot of people that are gone way before you know, half of the stuff you guys have faced and seen in your life. And he's just, he's really reckoning. Blaine mentioned that too and some other people. But anyway, um, we just, we've come to the conclusion that we, now I haven't heard you say this, but me personally, I know a number one reason our kids turned out the way they turned out. I know a number one reason why that we live in great health and we have a lot of blessings financially and we've got to see so much with the church and we look like we're 40, but we're 60. I mean... <laughs> I, I'm, t- I'm, not, I'm not kidding. One of the main reasons 
is because we have put his church above our home. We've put his house above our house. I knew I'd get really quiet in here. I like it when it gets quiet. We, we just decided to get wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in his church. It's easy to say him. You know, that's like, how, how did we really know? That's just like, oh, I'm, I'm wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus. Oh, yeah? Show me. <laughs> Number Hayes used to say, God's a show me God. Oh, Lord, I love you. God says, show me you love me. Well, I love you. Well, show me you love me. What do you mean, Lord? Well, if you love me, do what I told you to do. Right? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, your love for the Lord can grow so strong that you overcome every habit in your life. Mm-hmm. Temptation comes to do it, and you say, I love God more. And you walk the other way. So, I, I say that because these are things that have worked for us. We've seen this. We say, but Pastor John, you're a pastor. These things were in our lives way before I was a pastor. I learned. And now I, I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through to pretty much, you know, be forced to do what I had. I, I have to, to say that it wasn't really cool that I was forced to put God first. I wish I would have just chose it. But the things that I was involved with and the attacks of the enemy and the, and the powers of darkness that were coming against me and all this, I had to put God first. I wouldn't even be here right now. I don't think people should wait till they are where I was. I think people should take somebody's word for it who's been there and just go for it all the way. Because there, one of the things about putting God first is not only do you miss a bunch of junk, unnecessary adversity, I call it, But another thing about putting God first is you get to experience things other people don't experience. Even if everything's okay, how great could it be if you went a little farther with the Lord or a lot farther with the Lord? It's not just about, hey, everything's okay. What about the good things that you aren't seeing because you haven't made these adjustments? So in the book of Haggai, let's look here at Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2. Just keep Matthew 6.33 in mind as we read this. The Bible says, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say... So the Lord was listening to what these people were saying. Does the Lord hear our conversations? The Lord said, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Notice, they weren't saying... We don't want to build that house. They're just saying it's not time. You know what I mean? It's not convenient. Right? They're not saying, hey, let's don't build the house of God. They're not saying that. They're saying, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it done, but not right now. Now that, whether you want to realize or not, that is a many people's response and reaction to God-first opportunities when they come their way. Someday I will. Can't right now. Actually, you should probably say, choose not to right now. Because it's not about can't in a lot of situations. It's just about making a change and adjustment you, you don't want to make. Um, if we, when we really see 
what putting God first is all about in our daily life, and when we really see the benefits of it, you will be on the lookout for God-first opportunities. Things you can do for the Lord that are clearly putting Him first. You know, I, I, I think sometimes we get in these grooves, and I think sometimes people, I shouldn't say we, let, let's, there's times we have all gotten into the groove to where we're, let's just face it, we've got such amazing things going on here in our life that we're not even open to the fact that God might want us to do something at the same time. You know what I mean? Not even open. Not even, not even in our consciousness that God would ever, ever require me to do something when I've got birthday plans. Oh, God. Oh, God. So you say, well, we got these. You know, sometimes we've seen in the church, we've got Keith Moore coming. Got these. Oh, I can't do that. I already got a vacation. Not even open to, the, to the, uh, the fact that maybe God would like you to reschedule your vacation. Well, I can't do that. We've already got our airplane tickets. Yeah, and the Lord can do way better than that, too. I'm telling you, a lot of people are missing God-first opportunities because they're only serving the Lord up to a certain level until it's not convenient anymore. Mm, see, this is Wednesday night, so we can say these things, right? Let me, let me just say, share this with you. Abraham's priorities. Think about Abraham. Old Testament saint, not even a New Testament child of God. We're under a better covenant than Abraham, established upon better promises. But look what he did under the Old Covenant. You talk about putting God first. I mean, we we got some people have a hard time giving up a movie on family night. Abraham gave up his son when the Lord asked him. Hmm? I mean, it's one thing to give up a vacation for the Lord if he asks you. It's another thing, take your child, get the knife, and go sacrifice him. Hmm? You're going you're to find out if God's first, when He requires you to do something that totally messes up your family plans or your personal plans. This may not happen every day, every week, or every month, but I'm telling you, there's opportunities. And Jesus said the kingdom of God, it comes without observation. Most people don't see God opportunities. In Luke 14, it talks about the Lord saying to the servant, go out and tell all these people that were invited to come. And he's talking about what the kingdom of God is like. Because yeah. the, guy rise up, the guy rose up at dinner and said, blessed is he, he shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus starts telling him about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And he said, the Lord said to the, to the servant, go out and bring all these people in. And he went to invite all these people to the Lord's Supper, to the house. I kind of look at it sometimes as church, inviting people to church because we get fed spiritual food here. Go out. And the servant came back and said, Wow, Lord, um, I went to those people and some of them said, um, You know what? I'm really busy with real estate right now. I got some land. I need to go check it out. Uh, I pray thee have me excused. And another guy said, oh, you know, I just bought five yoke of oxen, got some business things going on over here, and I need to prove them. Um, I pray thee, have me excuse, excuses. A third person came and said, oh, tell the Lord I can't come. I just got married. And it said 
the Lord was angry. <laughs> you, you know, most people would say, if they water the, the word down, they say, Oh, the Lord was very understanding. Oh, of course, you just got married. I'm sorry for intruding on your wedding day. I mean, my stuff, you know, is not nearly as important as your stuff. And oh, hey, your business deal. Oh, I realize that's going to make you a lot of money. And hey, it did not say anything even close to that. It said the Lord was angry. And he said, you know what? Go out and find people in the highways and the byways and the hedges and over here and over there and compel them to come in. And he did that. And, And they had a little more room. He did it again. And it's interesting because the Lord said that certain things would be uh, competition to putting him first. And these are things he wants us to be aware of. Business. How many of you can go too far with business to where you start bumping God from being first in your week or your time? You can go too far, right, with personal assets and, and, and things you want to do. He said... The Lord, I didn't say this. The Lord said, you better watch out for this thing called family. He said, I instituted the family and I know what family runs best on. And if you ever bump me for family time, your family's going to suffer for it. Because you don't have the power to ward off what's being thrown at families these days unless God's first in your life. He, he didn't, this is not the only place. I mean, actually, before we read, here, read on here, we're going to come right back to this before we're done tonight. But go with me to Luke 9, Luke chapter 9. Hold your finger in Haggai. If you've got one of these markers like I do, put it there. And go to Luke 9. Luke 9. Oh, I think that's it. Man, why are my scriptures messed up here? 59, there's no Luke. Oh, I was in Acts, okay. Luke 9. Luke 9, 59. Luke 9, 59. You there at Luke 9, 59? Okay, Luke 9, 59. You ready, church? And Jesus said unto another, Follow me. And this other person said, Lord... Allow me, everybody say first. Allow me first to go and bury my father. Now, I know you can read the rest, but don't do it right yet. Um, The man did not say no. No. The man did not say, no, Jesus, I don't want to follow you. He basically said, I do want to follow you. I do want to follow you. But I got something First, that I want to do or I need to do. Let me first, everybody say first, first go bury my father. Now, look at the Lord's response here. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I missed it. You know, the Holy Ghost. I, I missed the Holy Ghost. I shouldn't have asked you that. <laughs> I must not be led by the Spirit right now. I, I, I miss the Holy Ghost. Definitely go home. Take care of that business because that's very, very important. How many know burying your father, a funeral, is very important? Anybody know that's very important? Sure. Is it the most important thing that could ever come up in your life? No. Nope. No, it is not. 
actually, if his father is dead and gone, then he's already out of the earth realm. Yeah. Right? The person is gone. Now, the Lord, the Lord's answer here, look at this. He said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me what? Say that word. What? What? Let me first say goodbye to mommy and daddy at home, which are at my house. And Jesus said, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Interesting what he's teaching here. Now, I know this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself calling these people. That's a, that's a big deal. But back in these days... They saw him as a really anointed preacher. They did not know he was God manifested in the flesh, probably at all at this point. And so they're going, wow, this really successful prophet and teacher and amazing man is asking me to go. Well, that's awesome. And they weren't quite seeing it because if they could look back now, how many of you realize the rich young ruler that came to Jesus... And the Lord said, and he said, Lord, what do I lack? I kept all the commandments from my youth. What do I lack? And the Bible said the Lord loved this guy. And the Lord said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. And the man went away sorrowful, did not follow the Lord. Went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Now that man looking back today is probably going, Oh, God, I could have been one of the Lord's disciples. I could have been one of his close followers, maybe one of the 12 apostles. And I, and I said, no, because of money? Interesting. I mean, the, the, the offer that the Lord, and well, if he didn't discern it, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the one that called him, how many think if we're not cautious, we can not discern some of these things around us, opportunities to put God first, to do things for the Lord because of these other things. If these guys were pulled, and it was the Lord himself saying, come, how much more can we be pulled if we're not on guard? This is something I think we need to slow down and really meditate on. Go back to Haggai, and we'll close here. We, we know if God is first when it hurts to put him first. I want to read one scripture out of the voice. Um, Tina, do you have that one out of the voice translation out of uh, Philippians chapter 2? Let me just read you this, this one thing out of the voice here. <laughs> Paul said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy your way. He will visit soon so that he may report to me how you are doing in the church. To hear that is... To hear all that is going on with you will truly encourage my heart. Verse 20. Paul said, There is no one like Timothy. What sets him apart from others is his deep concern for you and your spiritual journey. This is rare, my friends, for most people only care about themselves, not about what is dear to the heart of Jesus, the anointed. Everybody say, This is rare. rare. But you know what? Couldn't we be part of the rare ones? Let's say there is a very small percent. Like Timothy, can we be a part of that small percent? Absolutely. And again, this is not about us stressing out. And this is about God being able to bring more into our lives. So real quick, back to Haggai, and we have to close. 
Verse 2 says that the people say the time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you, O ye people, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house, my house, lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. You have sown much, people, and you bring in little. That's not good. You eat, but you don't have enough. You're never satisfied. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but nobody's warm. You earn wages, and it's like you've got holes in your pockets, and all the money spent before, the month, before, you, before you can do anything you want to enjoy. So he said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And then he starts talking to them about focusing on the things of God in the earth and not so much on their things because they were out of balance. Now listen, church, I'm going to say this in closing. You've got to catch this here. God had a word for people who were not doing well. And that word was, consider putting the Lord first. They were so wrapped up in trying to do what they needed. They're earning wages to put in a bag with holes in it. They're eating. They're not satisfied. They're clothing. They're not warm. They're doing all that, trying to fix their problems their way. And God had to give them an opportunity. God had to give these people an opportunity to put him first so they could come out of this slump that they were in. A lot of times, it's not just giving resources to somebody. It's giving them an opportunity to get operating in these higher things so God can bless them supernaturally. We believe in giving people help when they need it. Are you kidding me? We love doing that. But, but sometimes if you keep doing that and never give people an opportunity to put the Lord first, it, it, won't, it won't last. Their victory won't last. They'll keep coming to you for a handout or doing something else. If you can get people putting God first, they'll come out permanently from the mess that they're in because they put some different laws into practice. Amen. All right, let's stand up.